to All Things Iceland. This is Jules. And for this episode, I'm going to be sharing seven dangerous mistakes that tourists make while driving in the country. And just to be clear, this is not meant to scare anyone or to deter you from wanting to rent a car or drive in the country. It can be a very safe activity that provides you a lot of freedom. So I definitely encourage it. It's just that there are some things that are worth being aware of because this keeps happening and actually it recently happened. So this is kind of what sparked in my mind, the idea of doing this episode. And also for those who aren't aware, Iceland is considered the most peaceful country in the world for I think like the 14th time in a row and also considered one of the safest countries in the world as well. And that's according to the Global Peace Index that is published by the Institute for Economics and Peace. I plan on doing an episode about these metrics and the qualitative slash quantitative things that they take into consideration in order to come to this conclusion that a country is the most peaceful, for instance. Just know that as I'm talking about some of these mistakes that people make, because I honestly do believe that these are not deliberate things that a lot of people are doing. It's often the case that people are really excited or they're not paying attention or something like that and end up putting themselves in positions that could be dangerous for themselves or others. These mistakes can, of course, range from almost causing accidents to ones that end in fatalities. Also, thankfully, there are not that many fatalities that happen in Iceland. So again, just be aware that this is not meant to frighten anybody, but just to inform, which is why I partnered with Go Car Rental Iceland on this episode because like me, they are really into informing, educating, and just helping their customers feel like they're conscientious travelers. And if nothing else, that is something that I personally like when I go to visit someplace. And I know many of you have felt really happy knowing that hearing some of my podcast episodes or watching you know videos or social media stuff that I post that has been helpful to kind of learn some of these insights so that you can manage your expectations when you come. And if you are planning to rent a car when you come to Iceland, make sure to use my code Iceland10 when you book with Go Car Rental Iceland because you can save 10% on your full booking. And that's no matter the time of the year. So coming winter, summer is peak time. And so is between Christmas and New Year's. So use that code so you can save a good chunk of change to utilize that money on food or other activities. I personally like working with Go Car Rental Iceland and partnered with them specifically because they're a local Icelandic company and I really like supporting local companies here as well as have excellent customer service, great rates, unlimited miles on their cars and a large variety of vehicles to choose from. As we're headed into winter time, which in essence it is winter at this point here, we now see that people are putting their nail tires on. So just know that that is a like customary thing for car rental companies to do here. So it helps with traction when you're on the road. You'll hear a little bit later when you know, me talk about those nail tires or studded tires, a lot of people call them. So just kind of be aware of that. So you don't even have to worry about that if you're going to be coming to drive in the wintertime. Of course, just make sure you take your time if you are planning to drive here in that season. But I'm going to now head into the dangerous mistakes. Number one on the list. And the rest of these are not necessarily in order of importance, but this one is definitely number one because it has 
caused or almost caused the most amount of accidents. And that is stopping in the middle of the road to take photos or videos. Yes, I know. It sounds ridiculous to some people that a person would actually stop in the middle of the road because they probably wouldn't do this where they live. But the views in Iceland can be really gorgeous. It could be that, you know, a person sees horses, Icelandic horses specifically, mountains, glaciers, waterfalls, reindeer, or even an Arctic fox, and they're stunned. They are just a little bit losing, you know, their logical self and decide to stop their car in the middle of the road. And this, what's even more intense is that people often just get out of their car and leave their car in the middle of the road to go take a picture, even to sit. I've seen this, you know, and this is usually for like Instagram or TikTok or something where people are then capturing some type of footage with them sitting in the middle of the road too. While I get the aesthetic, there is so much danger here. And unfortunately, like I mentioned there, the possibility for there being an accident is so high because it's usually on highways that people are doing it. The roads in Iceland, not in the countryside, it's quite flat, a lot of it. And, you know, you can see, there's not a lot of trees, really far ahead of you. So like a huge mountain in the distance, you know, it is a really great photo op. But this is not, you know, of course, okay to just stop your car. There are trucks on the road. And because it's a highway, people are going at higher speeds. And it might be that you didn't see anybody behind you when you decide to stop your car, decide to get out of your car but that can change really quickly. And then of course there are people coming in the opposite direction and things like that. So please, if you're one of those people who find yourself really just shocked by something and want to take a picture of it or get out of your car to check it out, please find a safe space or safe spots on the side of the road to get out of your car. If you can't find one and you have to go a little bit farther down the road, just do that. It is worth it because there are so many potential things that can happen. And really we just want you all to stay safe, meaning people who are visiting and of course, other people on the opposite side coming toward you or those who are behind you who won't get confused kind of about what's going on. Number two is driving off road. And this is not the same as pulling over on the side of the road, which is technically like a little off the road or driving on a gravel road, or driving on an F road in the highlands. And so F roads are these mountain roads, which as we're into winter, those roads are closed, so you won't have to worry about those. But what I'm specifically talking about is driving on land where there aren't any roads. Say a black sand desert, or fields of lava rock covered in moss. There are two reasons why doing this is dangerous. The first is that the flora in Iceland is fragile. Yes, it does grow in extreme, an extreme climate. That is true. And it has some, you know, resilience, if you will. But it takes a very long time for things to grow naturally here. There are ecosystems that are flourishing in these environments that most people are not aware of. And so driving on these like deserts or driving on, especially the lava rock that's covered in moss can cause serious damage. So it's dangerous for this environment and you're you're ruining it in essence and not you specifically, but whoever does this. And of course, like I mentioned, the moss takes a long time, sometimes decades for it to grow back after it's been trampled on or driven on. The second reason is that you might drive over a hidden rock or into a hole that you didn't see 
that causes you to have an accident. This could result in you or others in the car being seriously injured. It's just not worth it. Very illegal too. So I mean, on top of you potentially getting hurt and then, you know, destroying flora in the area, you would get fined over a thousand dollars for doing this. So it's just not worth it on any level. It For some people, I've seen that they did it because they wanted to do like, you know, circles in the sand or something. Like it was, it was very childish, honestly. And they were not expecting the fine that they got. And unfortunately, like that's where Icelandic authorities have had to take it in order to protect the environment. Number three is speeding. And of course, there are people who speed in Iceland. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it to make it seem like Icelanders are always following the rules. There are people who born and raised here, people who have moved here, who speed. And of course, that ends up being tourists too, because you see other people speeding. But there are some specific instances. And I'm not, of course, you know, at all encouraging you to speed. Far from it. But I do want you to be aware that the speed limits in Iceland, if you weren't already aware of it, like for instance, if you hadn't checked out my ultimate guide to renting a car in Iceland, if they haven't checked out the episode, I'm going to put that in the show notes, like a link to it. But the max speed here is 90 kilometers per hour or 56 miles per hour, which is, it's kind of slow. Like, let's just be for real. Like I'm, I try my best to just be like, put on the cruise control, relax, enjoy the sights because it's kind of slow. But the reason for that, and there's a few, uh, is that on the roads, there can be very different conditions. In the summertime, there can be sheep that are roaming around. And they are, it's not, not just can be. There will more than likely be sheep roaming around Iceland freely, crossing the roads, and they that nature. When you see them, definitely make sure to slow down. But if you're speeding, you could potentially hit a lamb or, you know, uh, an ewe. And of course, this has caused damage to your car, maybe even caused fatality of the animal or someone in your car. And I'm sure nobody wants to go through that. So that's one reason for why speeding out in the countryside is something that they try to keep, you know, lower speeds in general in the country. And I also think like road conditions too can, can vary in some places, even though there are paved roads all around the Ring Road of Iceland. So if you're just traveling around Route 1, it's paved, but the conditions of the roads can vary. So that can also deter you sometimes from speeding. But in the wintertime is really when it gets to a very like dangerous possibility of you finding yourself in, in a you know position that seems kind of scary. And that's because the roads can get icy. So I'd already mentioned about winter tires, which are studied, that do help with a lot with traction. But I'll just give you an experience that I had. I was in the north last winter, so December 2021, and I was specifically in Akureyri and like just some other areas driving around. It was fun. But when I had to drive back, there was a lot of ice on the roads. A lot. Like, I mean, it was just covered in ice. And I had on brand new winter tires, thankfully. And while it was fine, there, there were still times where like my hands were just gripping the wheel. And I'm like, you know, I have brown skin, but you know, the white knuckle kind of description that people give is how I felt because I was going lower than 90 kilometers per hour, obviously, because it was really icy on the road. And I didn't want to put myself in a position where even though I have on these winter tires, they could still slide or there could be, you know, an icy patch that's worse than 
another one or whatever. Like things can happen. And there were windy parts of the road and you had to go up into the mountains and come back down. It just wasn't worth it, in my opinion, to go faster, meaning faster than I could handle the car. And that's a piece of advice my mom has given me ever since I started driving, which was do not drive your car faster than you can handle it. And that's always served me well because even though the speed max might be at 90, maybe I needed to go 60 or 70 in those conditions because I felt more comfortable. And if there was a car behind me, what I would do is put on in one way in Iceland, if you're not aware of this, to let someone pass. If you know that it's safe, meaning you don't see anybody ahead of you that's coming in the opposite direction, you could put on your right turn signal and the person knows they can go around you. So I've done that. If someone else was like in a hurry or, or felt more comfortable driving, you know, at 90 in those conditions, that's totally fine. Go ahead. I always advise that. I am not a person who wants to speed up because someone else is behind me if I don't feel comfortable with, you know, the conditions on the road to go that speed. It's not to say that I've never felt that pressure, but I did have to get to a point where I just was like, no, it's not worth it for me. And so I just very much encourage you to do the same, especially if you're not used to driving these types of conditions. There are people who come from places where for them it's no problem, meaning they're used to kind of more intense winter. But I will say though that the wind in Iceland, along with the snow and some of the ice, can really test you in terms of driving just because it can, you know, feel a little bit more intense. But like I mentioned, everything worked out fine. I stuck to my own, you know, advice or at least the advice I've been given, which was to just drive at the speed I can handle. And I ended up enjoying the ride and not feeling so stressed once I kind of like relaxed into it. And believe me, those studded tires, amazing. I'm I'm very grateful for them. Plus the landscape is so beautiful during the wintertime that I do feel like it is worth it to come during that time to see the country. Number four is the mistake of there being a storm warning and you decide to still drive. Like I've, It's just, it baffles my mind as to why people do this. So just recently in late September slash early October, we had a huge storm and what's considered one of the worst storms in recent history that hit the north and east of Iceland. Unfortunately, people were left without power. There were buildings that were destroyed. I will show pictures from the news in the show notes. It was, it's just insane how some of these buildings look like they were hardly even built well, which in Iceland, a lot of the buildings are built really well. So this storm was just one of the more intense ones that, like I mentioned, have been seen in recent history, which is vehicles even were severely damaged. The weather alert was yellow in many areas, but also red in others. There were some travelers who still decided to travel on the roads and they had a terrifying experience. I mean, I understand that people sometimes might get a little antsy because they have to be back to a certain place at a certain time, but this is your life. You know, Icelandic weather and Icelandic wind seriously does damage beyond what I think a lot of people are able to fathom because hurricane gale force winds, when you hear that, you're like, oh, that sounds terrible. But then you're thinking like, oh, it's, you know, if I just like go on this flat road, it'll be fine. And it's like, well, it's not just being able to make it past the wind. The wind itself is picking up things in the area and throwing it at the car. So what happened is, and I, like I mentioned, I'll have pictures in the show notes if you want to see them at allthingsiceland.com. 
that there were windows of vehicles that were broken in from rocks and sand that was like smashed up against cars. There were literal doors ripped off of vehicles. There's a camper van where the door is just hanging on by one piece of material. When I saw these pictures, I was just, I was stunned, but also not because it's like, I'm aware that this can happen and people were advised not to be on the road. So it's not like this has happened out of nowhere. There were warnings for sure. And this is why safetravel.is is such a crucial website for you to check out and to be aware of. Safetravel.is always has the, the alerts. Road.is is more about like the closings of the roads. But because people didn't heed these warnings, they put themselves in positions that were absolutely horrible. And I don't know, I mean, if you don't have the correct insurance as a sand and ash protection, which is an added insurance that you have to put on, you're then liable for any of the paint that's like ripped off the car, the doors that are ripped off the car, all those things. Luckily, there were no fatalities and the search and rescue teams were able to help people. But this was just a dangerous mistake, meaning, you know, honestly, they can't find them or they're not going to find them for doing this. But over time, you know, this is again, like putting other people's lives in danger who have to come and rescue you. And it's just a really serious situation. So please just heed the warnings. It, it is legitimately worth it psychologically for you, physically for you, for anyone, you know, for any of these individuals. I can tell you right now, those people who were in that position where they decided to go, they, they would never make that choice again. I'm sure many of them were regretting it as soon as they realized what was happening and that this was not just, you know, some simple windstorm, but it was actually a very serious situation and the other damage that was done to, you know, these buildings, like I mentioned, structures in other, in these parts of the country in the North and East. And I often say that even though Iceland doesn't have any animal predators, that it has a natural predator, which is the weather, because it has caused probably the most amount of accidents over the years than anything else, or, you know, presented the opportunity for the most amount of accidents and some people have put themselves in a position where they found out the hard way that this is really something to take serious and stay inside if you can. Number five is not opening your door carefully when getting out of the car and it's windy. So this is kind of piggybacking off of the last dangerous mistake, except it wouldn't be that you had to drive in a storm to at all come up against this. But the wind can be so strong here that one of the things that's advised by many of the car rental companies is to make sure you're holding on to your door when you open it in Iceland. And I know that sounds like, it just, it feels like it's such a weird thing because so many of us, including myself, like when I'm used to opening a door, it's just like, you swing it open, you get out, it's fine. No, not here. I mean, once again, the wind is the main antagonist in this story and rental car companies they do, like I mentioned, you know, charge you if it's to the point where the door gets ripped off because it's probably happened enough times that they can't cover it under regular insurance. And I do have some things I want to share though. Like I have two in particular that I don't always hear people talking about. So I think this would be really helpful for you. It's not only the case that you should be holding on to the door when you open it. You definitely need to do that when it's windy outside. But only open one door at a time. So this is actually something I learned when I first got here. And that's because you, if you're all opening your doors, even if you're opening two doors at a time, the wind can whip through like a wind tunnel 
And it can really cause trouble with, first of all, snow or rain getting in the car, but also the ability to close another door once you both are trying to get out. Like it just makes it so much harder. So just open one door at a time. And it could be that the person, you know, on another side of the car needs help getting out of the car because maybe the wind is on their side. And if you can, the other thing is try to park where your doors are against the wind. So you have to push against the wind. The only, you know, dangerous thing about this is, of course, the the dangerous thing about this is it is harder to get out. And so the door could slam back on you. But the opposite is that you're trying to hold on to the door from it ripping away from you. You know, so I choose that it's pushing against the wind a little bit. It's not so bad. And I can still hold it and then close the door. But I'd rather that than, you know, the wind literally trying to take it out of my hands. It is something that has happened to many people, including people who live here. So this is a mistake and it's dangerous because you could find yourself, you know, uh, in this position where you have damage to the car or even damage to, to yourself, you know, because it is so windy and you don't realize that you swung the door open, left it and... Maybe it, if you weren't holding on to it and it was coming back on you, you could hurt your leg or something like that. Like there's, there's different possibilities. So just be aware this is something that happens. I've had to get out of the car and help family members get out during windstorms. Relatively low ones. Not We're not talking about like yellow weather warnings or anything. And it was actually pretty funny. My aunt was visiting and she could not open the door because the wind was pushing in. And so I had to, and it was just one of those moments where I knew that I was like, wow, I really, this is how I live. Interesting. And it doesn't feel foreign to me anymore. Like it used to just be something that I was like, what am I doing? I'm literally fighting the wind to get my door open. But that is, that's life here. Number six is you might feel like this is common sense. And maybe you might feel like all oh, these are common sense. Who knows? But one of the tricky things about Iceland is the driving times to the most popular sites. And a lot of people know Iceland to be a small country in the North Atlantic. So there's a perception that it's easy to just drive around to get to different places. It actually takes a lot of driving time to get around to different areas. And plus, when you get out of the car, that's added time to you being active and you know using your body. And you, of course, get exhausted after the day. Driving while exhausted is very similar to driving while under the influence, meaning if you're extremely tired. And this happens during the summertime quite a lot where people come for a short period of time and they just try to do everything. Like sleep is just not a priority for them. And while they're seeing this as like packing in as much as they can and whatever else, this is dangerous. It's dangerous for them. It's dangerous for other people on the road. And it can be where, you know, because they're pushing themselves that it ends up being like silly mistakes that are made while driving, dozing off, whatever. And I'm just going to give you an example of something that a lot of people, when I talk to them, because I have these one-on-one trip planning calls that I do. And if anyone's interested in that, you can check it out in the show notes. And people are always saying, you know, are often saying that they want to go to the Glacier Lagoon. So Yokosalan, and across from Yokosalan is a diamond beach. And they only have a few days. And so I'm like, okay, let's just talk about what this looks like. On the South Coast, you know, there's so many spots that you're passing by that I'm sure you're going to want to see. And so there's like, you know, all of the popular ones that we're talking about for sightseeing and everything. And then we get into Yokosalon, which from Reykjavik is a five-hour drive, one way. And I have done the drive where I've gone to Yokosalon in a day, drove all the way there and came back. 
The next day I was, even during the trip, I was exhausted. It was just so much. And I thought to myself, I'm never doing that again. Like I just, in my brain, because I was so excited, I was like, it would be fine, you know, whatever. And it's like, no, that is too much driving. 10 hours of driving minimum. It was a lot. In fact, it was more than 10 hours of driving. Granted, there were other people in the car, but even at times when I was a passenger, I was just like, I need a nap. Like I'm just so sleepy because it was just a lot to do. And like I mentioned, like you get out and you do things. So I usually advise people to stay at least one night in the South if you do want to make it all the way to Yorker Salon. I mean, if you're not doing the ring road, of course, this is what I'm talking about. If you're just going from Reykjavik, South Coast, all the way up to Yorker Salon, consider staying a night over somewhere like in Vik, just because it is really dangerous to get yourself that exhausted. And if you're needing to drive, say like in the wintertime, when it is dark a lot of the time, that's also just a lot of strain on you and your eyes and your body. You're driving in the dark. The, no, the roads can be quite narrow here at times. So it takes a lot of concentration. And then you'll find that without having kind of the adequate amount of like rest in between that, you know, it affects the rest of your trip too. And if anything, if you, you know, can't afford to have a night over somewhere, then make sure you like find a parking lot somewhere to stop, take a nap, take a big break, take big enough of a break that you're not concentrating so much on just driving or being on the road because it can, you know, potentially pose a danger for yourself and others. And with the 24-hour bright days, I mean, everyone just feels invincible during this time. Like they could just stay up forever and do everything. But physically, there's a limit. And I just want everyone to be safe. And really, like, my whole goal is just for everyone to get safely back to your destinations. Of course, I want you to have fun, but I want you to also make it back home to be able to talk about the amazing time that you had. Number seven, so my last dangerous mistake for this episode, is not knowing the rules of the two lane roundabouts in Iceland. And the reason why this is important is because the rules are actually different than other parts of Europe. So that is confusing for a lot of people who come here who are used to driving roundabouts. For instance, in other parts of Europe, the outer lane has the right of way. But in Iceland, they were like, you know what? No, we're going to do the exact opposite, which is the inner lane has the right of way. So if you think about like two lanes that are going in this roundabout, which is just a big circle in essence, and there are different exits. If I'm in the inner lane, there's a car in the outer lane. If I want to leave the outer lane, the car is supposed to be paying attention, the driver, to whether or not I put my right signal on to leave. And then they have to stop and allow me to leave the roundabout. Of course, if they're also leaving the roundabout and there's like two ways of getting out, then it's fine. But if they want to continue on or something, then they have to yield to me. And this is something that, like I mentioned, is important because if you're not aware of that rule, then you could potentially cause an accident. And it happens, you know, I would say it happens more rarely just because there are not that many roundabouts in Iceland. So it's really not that big of a thing to worry about, but it is something to be aware of. I've definitely seen people who are in rental cars who are driving very cautiously in roundabouts and good for them because it's better to be more cautious than to try and just like speed through it. Like I don't recommend that at all because that can end up, of course, meaning that you miss something and then you get into an accident anyway. So if you need to take your time in a roundabout, just do it and just make sure you use your signals as much as possible. So if this is kind of going over your head a little bit and you're just like, I don't know, just like just use your signals, it'll be fine. People were are paying attention, but the rule is the inner lane <laughs> is the one who has the right of way to exit. And I, I think that this, you know, once you see it, 
and experience it. You understand what I mean? And it can help to keep everyone safe. So before I move on to the random fact of the episode, I just want to thank Gowart Carmental Iceland again for partnering with me on this episode to help people understand about some of the things that they can avoid in order to keep safe while driving here in the country. And I have a lot of adventures that I'm going on and have been going on. So last summer was so busy. It was a lot of fun. And I'm going on many adventures this winter that I'll be talking about here on the podcast, showing over on YouTube and of course, like TikTok and Instagram, all these places. So wherever you like hearing about them or seeing them, feel free to follow me there. But of course, also with Go Car Rental Iceland, you can save 10% as I mentioned earlier on your rental car and they'll take good care of you. That That is actually when I go out on adventures, the cars that I use, like if you see me in videos and cars, I'm driving a car from them. So that is my preferred local car company to utilize as I go out and, you know, collect more fun things to share with all of you. For the random fact of the episode, I'm just going to talk about how winter conditions in Iceland can actually happen in times of year where that are not necessarily associated with winter. So last May, May 2022, I was actually driving a camper van for two weeks around the country, which I had an amazing time, by the way. And I went to the north, I went to the east, went to Snipes, I went, I went everywhere except for the West Fjords. And that was unfortunate. I just didn't have the time to do it. But, you know, that's one of my favorite places in the country. And in May, beginning of May, I had icy conditions on the road, snow conditions. I had dry roads. I had wet roads. I had every season, which this is a joke in Iceland all the time. That's <laughs> the country that you Every five minutes, the weather is changing and you can have every season within a day. Very true. May is not considered part of winter. So winter is November, December, January, February, March. And really end of October is when winter kind of just like blows right in and, and settles in for a while. But I wouldn't say I was shocked that it was like that in May. But there were times I was just like, okay, well, summer is definitely not here yet. So, or at least like not really ready to show itself. So just be prepared for, even if you come like right outside of the winter months, so April or May, that especially the farther north you go, there are potential for more wintry conditions. Nothing like when is actual winter and everything is covered in snow or in ice, but you just will have, you know, varying degrees of it as you are traveling. And that can be pretty fun. And when I, I mentioned I was in a camper van and during those times too, if you ever deciding to use a camper van, it's actually considered winter camping. Not all of the sites are open yet for some time. They open in June. But yeah, I just wanted to share that because as you're planning your trips and maybe you've come to Iceland before and are wanting to go at a different time, you'll end up seeing, you know, experiencing a variety of what Iceland can be like season-wise as you travel around the country. For the Icelandic word of the episode, it is to drive, which is athkeira, 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 literally to drive. <laughs> so before I end off the show, I want to give a big shout out to one person who's left a review for the podcast. It's H. Nelson. This is a recent review Oh, actually in August and 
person says for title and enjoyable listen and the best resource to prepare for a trip. So in the main text, it is a wonderful down to earth podcast for potential and current travelers to Iceland. I went to Iceland seven years ago and I wish I'd had this podcast then. Jules is so relatable and does a wonderful job of painting a picture. She also does her research. We are planning another trip to other parts of the country and her episode on Akrede got me even more excited for our journey. Can't wait to keep listening before and during our journey. Thank you, Jules. Thank you, H. Nelson. I very much appreciate that. And I'm so happy that this is a resource for people. That is my goal for, of course, when it comes to travel, but the other aspects of Iceland, like the nature, culture, history, and language. So I just love that, that this is helpful for individuals. And I hope for those listening that you feel like you are getting lots of useful information that you can put into action, whether you're traveling in the near future or later on at a different time. And if you do enjoy the podcast and want to leave a review, feel free to do so on whatever platform you're listening to this on. You might find that you get a shout out in the show if you do leave a review. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next one. As always, Thank you. Oh,